Hello and welcome to the SEC Basketball Fevercast. I am your host, Carter Michaels. Alongside me, as always, it's William Wallace. What's going on, man? Well, not much. I mean, is anything you want to talk about tonight? You know? Oh, I, I mean, I... Well, there, there, I just I just awoke from a wonderful dream. There, there is one thing, one major event that everyone is talking about right now. Just the the whole United States, possibly the world, is just buzzing about, and that is the NIT, or as it's known in some circles, the National Invitation Tournament. Mm. Um, let's talk about that because there were some SEC teams in that. Okay. Uh, so starting on Tuesday. There were two games for for SEC teams. There there were more than that, but uh, just just two that are relevant. First, Ole Miss ninety one, Monmouth eighty three. So mm. Ole Miss goes on the road, gets a win in the NIT, moves on to the second round uh, where they will play. Who did they play? Georgia oh, Tech. No, that's not no. going to play. I'm I'm looking around ahead. Spoiler. Um, Ole Miss played Syracuse. Syracuse that was that yes. was a thing, a notable thing that we definitely paid a lot of attention to this week. Mm-hmm. Obviously, so Ole Miss uh, wins on the road at Monmouth, goes on to play Syracuse. Uh, good for Ole Miss, you know. They, yeah, old Andy Kennedy coaching him up, getting getting a nice yeah. little nit win for for his his squad. Um, mm-hmm. Also on Tuesday, final score in the nit. Alabama, 64. You know, Alabama, you know, no one may or may not love. And Richmond, 71. Mm. Spiders, got them. Uh, at home. Yeah, at, at Coleman Coliseum. Spiders, just it's just the infestation <laughs> of whatever kind of spiders the Richmond spiders are. They're big and scary. I don't know Apparently, what kind of it is. They're, they're, they're big for Avery Johnson, that's for sure. Maybe not to the rest of us. Mm. So Alabama season's over. Um, what what do you make of Alabama season before we move on? Just you know, pick your brain a little bit. Uh, fine. A first round loss to Richmond in the NIT at home probably not the best way to end it. Yeah. Uh, so you know maybe a little disappointing there, but uh, I don't think it's quite time yet. To, to really ratchet up the, the expectations and therefore the disappointment when things like this happen. So it's fine. Yeah, I mean, if anything, Alabama has been uh, extremely consistent the last few mm-hmm. years, uh, even if their expectations maybe haven't been been consistent. But, uh, you know, there's something to say for that, I guess. Because, um, yeah, three, three NIT appearances in a row, I'm sure Alabama fans are maybe starting to get a little bit antsy. Well, you know... Wanting to get out of that, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, and, and maybe I not. expect some someday soon we'll we will see that improve. Possibly. Um, so yeah, I mean, nineteen and fifteen is yeah, whatever. Fine, I guess. Kind of goes with the expectations, you know. Yeah. Really uh, depends on what you expected from Alabama at the beginning of the season. Uh, it's yeah, fine, I guess. Uh, so moving on, we have Georgia played on Wednesday, March fifteenth. Uh, they played Belmont at home. Final score of that one: Belmont seventy-eight, Georgia sixty-nine. Uh, <sighs> out of all the results, I was probably most disappointed in this. I thought Georgia was going to be a team that was built for an NIT run. Yeah, a lot of Georgia has experienced been, players been playing. Yeah, yeah, and Georgia's been playing really well recently. Mm-hmm. Had, you know, 
didn't make a run exactly in the SEC tournament, but played well. I mean, yeah, they um, won a game. Yeah. It's better than they did in the NIT. Yeah, certainly true. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I guess similar question with Georgia. What do you, what do you, what's your thoughts on their season? Um, similar to Alabama. I mean, I like, I like Georgia. They've got good well, talent I mean, on their team. Real similar. The record is the same. 19 and 15. Yes, exactly. First round loss. And in also, the I think, uh, at least for me, uh, you know, expectations were at the start of the season pretty similar. Um, I mean, Georgia really? has a couple talented. I mean, I feel like Georgia. Uh, I, 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 I feel like Georgia's expectations were a good bit higher than Alabama's, but maybe that's just me. I know for me that I, I felt that I mean it was obvious from day one that they had two stars and the the rest of the team was sort of a question mark and that that lowered their expectations for me at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's why I'm not extremely surprised at how things turned out. Um, you know, with with players like Maiden and Frazier, maybe you want to get a few more wins, but I don't know. They they weren't a complete team for me from day one, so yeah. I wouldn't be that disappointed. Yeah, uh, JJ Frazier finished his career with 29 points. I'm sure he'll have a nice professional career somewhere, if not the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. Sad to see him go. Also, a little bit happy that he won't have to beat Auburn again but yeah oh well uh so Georgia doesn't move on the only NIT team that moved on was Ole Miss and they played Saturday we're gonna we're gonna skip around dates a little bit just so we can get the NIT out of the way uh Ole Miss got to go to Syracuse playing the Carrier Dome which is pretty cool yeah Um, I mean you know people joke about the NIT and stuff but like getting a, a, a trip to Syracuse to play in that stadium is actually is pretty awesome uh, yeah, you get to travel the world, meet interesting people. Yeah, you know, interesting coaches and all that. Um, final score of that game was on Saturday. It was Ole Miss 85, Syracuse 80. So not only do they get to have a cool trip, they get to win and beat Syracuse uh, yeah. in their own place. And that's, I mean, that, that's that's pretty awesome. E- yeah. Even if it Regardless. is a mediocre Syracuse team exactly regardless of Syracuse's season as a whole or what tournament this took place in beating Syracuse at home is a big deal no matter who you are Mm. um you know you'll always be able to tell your kids about the time (laughs) you beat Syracuse at home yeah uh uh, Terrence Davis I just want to point out had 30 points in this game uh over a third of Ole Miss's points uh he has he has turned out to be a really great player for Ole Miss. Uh, only a sophomore, he's going to continue to get better and better. So I'm really excited about him. Um, yeah. So Ole Miss moving on then to the quarterfinals of the NIT, and I feel like the quarterfinals is when it kind of like clicks with these teams. Like, oh, we we can actually win the NIT. Like, mm-hmm. we've made it this far. We might as well win three more games. Um, so Ole Miss, they will play the sixth seed from their from the Syracuse region, Georgia Tech. Uh, so Ole Miss, being the five seed, actually gets a home game in this game. So their first home game of the tournament comes in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're an Ole Miss fan, live in the area or don't, you should go to this game. This is a big game, uh, even even though it's not the NCAA tournament. It's it's still a big deal. Um, yeah, and I'm just gonna tell you from personal experience, you can probably expect to beat. Georgia Tech, if things go well at all. Well, Georgia, I understand they did well at the end of the season. They beat Indiana and Belmont, who beat Georgia. That's, you know, not nothing. That's not nothing, but come on. I mean, I've seen this team. <laughs> you have. 
Apologies. Um, so Ole Miss will play Georgia Tech for the chance to go to Madison Square Garden to play uh, in the NIT Final Four. Uh, the possible opponent in that semifinal matchup, we won't know until next week if they win because uh, they haven't played their games yet as of this recording. But it'll be between uh, Cal State, Bakersfield, Colorado State, UT Arlington, or Akron. One of those four would be who they play. Hmm. So kind of neat. Um, That's an interesting other side of the bracket. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of big names over there. Not a lot of big names and some good teams to watch out for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the opposite side of the bracket, just in case you haven't looked at it, Illinois State, UCF, Boise State, Illinois, and then TCU and Richmond uh, are on the, the other quadrant so uh that's that's what that's what's left for Ole Miss potentially um definitely I mean this would be a nice you know nice way to end the season go go on a run in the NIT maybe you know get to get to go to Madison Square Garden uh maybe even win the whole thing that mm-hmm. would that would definitely build some momentum for next year for Ole Miss um who really had a pretty pretty strong season considering where I think expectations were for them yep um so I, you know, there there were, despite you know the way it may sound, there were other games. Um, oh, by the way, before we move on, I meant to mention Ole Miss Georgia Tech. It's at eight p.m. Central Time, nine Eastern on ESPN two. If you want to watch it at home. Um, so, other games um, in this little event we call the NCAA tournament. Five SEC teams made it: Florida, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Arkansas, South Carolina. Uh, so those five teams made it, um, with varying degrees of success. We're going to talk about that now. Um, so Thursday, March 16th, there were two SEC teams in action. Um, in the East bracket, we had Florida. They were playing Eastern Tennessee state, the 13 seed. Uh, they were playing them in Orlando. So this is basically kind of a throwback to earlier in the season when Florida couldn't play in the O-Dome and, you know, had to play in like random arena in Florida. Um, so Florida played ETSU. Uh, final score of that game, Florida 80, East Tennessee State 65. Uh, it was a little bit closer than that. East Tennessee State hung around uh, until Florida kind of pulled away in the, the final minutes of this game. Um, yep. My, my bracket did not feature a Florida victory oh. in this game. But went, you know, went with the upset. Four, four seeds don't get a lot of respect in my brackets. Sure. Usually. Um but yeah, it was very close up until halftime. Uh, Florida was doing that thing that they do sometimes mm-hmm. where they forget how to score for very long stretches of the game. Yeah, they did that in this game a lot. Uh, and then finally in the second half, they remembered how to score and also just clamped down on ETSU and, and really pulled away. Uh, it, was, it was never really that close uh, in, the, uh, in the second half, although ETSU did kind of make a, a big scoring run towards the end, but free throws... Saw Florida through. Yeah. Um, so the Gators put them away. N- you know, nothing much else exciting about this game. Um, Thursday really wasn't a great day for the tournament as a whole, but one game was pretty exciting. Uh, that was nine seed Vanderbilt playing its eight seed Northwestern in the West bracket, uh, playing in Salt Lake City. So uh, mm. final score of this game, Northwestern 68, Vanderbilt 66. Uh, if... if for some reason, you didn't watch this game. Uh, the one thing I think everyone's talking about with it is Matthew Fisher Davis's foul uh, at the when Vanderbilt was ahead. For there was a little bit of miscommunication 
with about 15 seconds left between Bryce Drew and uh, Matthew Fisher Davis, and he went and and fouled, and he fouled like like they were losing. He fouled a Northwestern player. Um, so Northwestern goes the line down one, hits two free throws. Vanderbilt kind of just settles for a really long three um, as the buzzer sounds, misses it. Vanderbilt loses. What? How do you feel about this sequence? What other What other way is there to feel about it? I feel I feel really bad for Matthew Fisher Davis. Yeah. Uh, you know he should know better than that. This is the kind of thing that you see on YouTube. You know what I mean? Mm. When you're when you're when you want to feel good about yourself and you want to make fun of other people's pain and anguish. <laughs> right. Um, and it happened to him. That that really stinks. Uh, Vanderbilt played really well. They were behind for most of this game and managed to fight back and tie it up at the very end. And then, and then the mistake happened. Well, they took the lead. Uh, they, they were up one. That's right. When the foul happened. And, and then, you know, it all comes collapsing down around them. Uh, there's, there's no good way to feel about it. Uh, I'm sure Northwestern fans are very excited. This is their first, uh, as, uh, NCAA tournament win in, uh, ever. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, it's just a shame that it had to happen the way it did. Yeah. I was really rooting for Vanderbilt. Oh yeah. I mean, who wasn't really, you know, well, I mean, a lot of people weren't, but, uh, and that was, that, that crowd was, I mean, that was a road game for Vanderbilt. There were a ton of Northwestern fans. Yeah. Um, rooting on their team. So Vanderbilt loses, uh, another thing to note, Bryce drew, he called Vanderbilt's last time out with, I think about eight minutes left in the game. Not really sure why he, he seemed to be very, um, quick to, try to stop Northwestern runs with timeouts and mm. maybe used one that he probably shouldn't have. Cause they could have used it there at the end when they took the lead, like, you know, to discuss strategy of like, should we foul a player or not? <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, yeah, I hate it for Matthew Fisher Davis at the same time. He should have known better. Obviously he knows that. I mean, I don't think there's really any reason to beat him up too bad over it, but <sighs> it's frustrating. Yeah, even Van, more I mean, ironic considering it was his scoring uh, in large part, yeah, got them to the lead in the first place. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Bryce Drew after the game was very, you know, kind to Fisher Davis, you know, saying that they wouldn't have even been in that position if it weren't for him anyway. So, uh, yeah, just really unfortunate, uh, just total, just brain fart there. Uh, the yeah. best way to best way to put it, and just unfortunate is on such a big stage. Um, Vanderbilt. So that was the SEC's yeah. only two games on Thursday. The rest were on Friday. So uh, SEC goes one and one on Friday. Mm-hmm. No, neither were. I mean, technically Vanderbilt was favored, but they were the nine seed. So like, no, like nothing too surprising there. Um, but Friday we had three games. Arkansas played first. Uh, they played. They were the eight seed in the South Region, uh, playing nine seed Seton Hall in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. Final score to this game: Arkansas seventy-seven, Seton Hall seventy-one. Uh, the thing that I think a lot of people were talking about at the end of this game was the uh, intentional foul that was called, or flagrant foul, I guess, that was called on Seton Hall with I don't know, not much time left, and yeah. that kind of you know it didn't it didn't cause Arkansas to win, but it certainly kind of sealed the game for them. Uh, uh, what what did you think about that play? Uh, it it was questionable for me. Um, 
especially so late in the game, and a lot of people have been talking about the officiating so far in the tournament, pretty much in every game so far. Um, there have been things to criticize about the officiating. Uh, so it's a shame that this game had to be decided by such a call. Um, mm-hmm. It was a really grindy game in the last few minutes, too, so every point counted. Uh, it was close the whole way through, and there was just not a lot of scoring between either team uh, in the last five minutes of the game. Uh, and and those, you know, those those two points turned out to be invaluable. So it, it's unfortunate that the refs are getting such scrutiny. I don't really like. I think basketball in general kind of gets scrutiny for that. Refs taking over games when they don't need to. Um, yeah. So it's a shame that that's kind of a talking point this tournament. I mean, you want the game in the, in the hands of your players. Uh, I can see why they called the foul, the, the flagrant. I mean, he definitely didn't really make a play on the ball, push the guy over mm-hmm. uh, by the book. I mean, that certainly is a flagrant foul. In in the scenario that it happened, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's that egregious that they called it, but I can understand being upset if you're a Seton Hall fan. But we're not, so go go Hogs. Uh, Arkansas right. though gets the win, moves on. Um, so the things that we said for the SEC to be successful last week, we t- we talked about a little bit. To be considered a success, we said that at least for the first weekend, one of the three uh, like middle seeded teams needs to advance. So Arkansas does that. Um, mm-hmm. So pressure's off of them, off of South Carolina. I mean, uh, playing against Marquette. Uh, also in the East region, they were playing also in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, South Carolina, the seven seed Marquette, the 10 seed, uh, South Carolina wins this game 93 to 73. Whoo. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina played pretty well, uh, especially the second half. Yep. My official bracket also did not feature a South Carolina victory. Really? Yeah. I know I talk a big, big homery yeah. game. Mm. on the podcast he's but a, he's a he's a liar but i i'm all about the madness though madness it's a, it's, trumps it's a, fever it's a 10 seed that's not even i mean that's like like oh it's it's a little warm in here like it's i not, also like, would have never guessed that south carolina would score 93 points that's true uh south carolina i mean a lot of offense in this this tournament so far uh mm-hmm. 93 points in this game um really great effort by south carolina yeah and, and just it was interesting for a little bit. Marquette hung with them, and then South Carolina just pulled away, and that was that. Um, so South Carolina moves on as well. So two of the middle-seeded teams move on out of three. Pretty solid. Uh, yep. Last team, Kentucky versus Northern Kentucky. Kentucky is the two-seed uh, in the South region, playing in Indianapolis, uh, playing against in-state bitter arch-rival Northern Kentucky. Ooh. Um, is, is the 15 seed. So, final score there, Kentucky 79, Northern Kentucky 70. Hmm. Um, it wasn't that close. It, yeah, I mean, Northern Kentucky, to their credit, they hung around. They did not let Kentucky just uh, pull away in this game. Uh, they, they definitely, like, held on for dear life for 40 minutes. Um, yeah. And, you know, played pretty well. Just, you know, Kentucky is Kentucky and just... Too too many, too much talent uh, for Northern Kentucky to handle. Um, so you know, it, it would have been interesting if to see Northern Kentucky pull up the upset there. Uh, I think it was was it their school president promised to buy everyone a steak if if they won that game. 
I have no idea. I hadn't heard. Uh, yeah, so that would have been, I think, like a million dollars at least worth of like everyone, like like everyone, like well, like even us. No, like every student. I mean, oh yeah, no, we wouldn't. No, no, no free stakes if Northern oh, Kentucky wins. This would be a Northern Kentucky podcast if that happened. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but Kentucky, you know, ruins ruins everyone's steak dinner and gets the win over Northern Kentucky. But that's fun, I guess. Uh, so let's see. Moving on, then, um, we neglected to mention who these teams were playing. So Florida won, moved on to play five seed Virginia, who beat UNC Wilmington. Um, they move on to play Virginia on Saturday. Uh, Arkansas moves on to play one seed North Carolina in Greenville, mm. uh, and then Kentucky moves on to play Wichita State, number the ten seed that is just hideously underseeded. We'll talk about that later. Um, but they move on to play them in the second round. And then South Carolina moves on to play Duke, the two seed. So tough matchups for the SEC uh, going into round two. Let's talk about Florida first, the only team that played on Saturday in the NCAA tournament. Uh, final score, Florida 65, Virginia 39. Woo! This, it was not even that close. No, nope. this was just a beatdown. I mean, when you score sixty-five points and beat somebody by twenty-six, that is just oh man. Yeah, Virginia. Virginia's offense uh, has been much maligned over the past month or so. That they have not had it. They did not have a good run at the end of the season, and it was mostly due to not being able to score. Mm-hmm. And Florida took advantage of that yeah. in a big way. Uh, Florida looked really good in this game, um, really just in control yeah. the whole time. Against, you know, 39 points is pretty bad, but still a pretty good Virginia Virginia team, very well coached. Um, so Mike White still undefeated in the NCAA tournament all time. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So Good for him. Um, Florida moves on to the Sweet 16 in the East Bracket. So they will be playing in Madison Square Garden. Uh, maybe future site of Ole Miss basketball championships. Uh, but so they're, they're playing in the, in, in Madison square garden. They will be playing the eight seed Wisconsin who upset once overall one seed Villanova uh, on right there. So sweet 16 matchup, Florida versus Wisconsin. Um, we'll, we'll get more into the next round matchups later, I guess. Uh, but that's, that's one side of the East bracket. Talk about the other side in a little bit. Let's move on to Sunday. There were three games because everybody won on Friday. Praise mm. be. Um, first up, Kentucky played Wichita State, um, the 10 seed, obviously, in the south bracket. The final score there, Kentucky 65, Wichita State 62. This game was great. Fantastic game. Yeah. Um, this is kind of a rematch of another second-round Kentucky-Wichita State game from a few years ago uh, when Wichita State was the one seed. Uh, Kentucky also won that game. Uh, so 2-0 in these matchups. I vote we just get these two teams to play in the second round every year, regardless of what they do. <laughs> or even if they make the tournament. Just, like, throw them in there in the second round. Just have a, a feature match. Yeah. yeah, you know, an exhibition, if the, if neither of them make it. Um, so Kentucky gets a big win, um, you know, after the game. John Calipari saying that, yeah, Wichita State, I mean, they were, we said before the game, he said they were a four seed. Uh, which, mm-hmm. I mean, 
I don't know how they were seeded 10. That's just absurd. Obviously, they didn't play, like, the toughest schedule, given, you know, that being in the um, MVC and stuff. But still, I mean, gosh, this is a good team. Yep. Highly, highly rated in uh, Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. Uh, were they top 10? I think... They're, they're th- way up there. I think going into the tournament, they were number 8, and Kentucky was number 4. So, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, this, like know, a, this result turned eight. out exactly like you would expect it to. Sure, yeah. Um, very tight game, pretty much all the way through, uh, very back and forth. Um, I, I think that just Wichita State could never find an answer for De'Aaron Fox. He just was able to – he and Bam Adebayo were just able to take over um, and make plays when they needed down the stretch yeah. to pull this one out. Yeah, Bam Adebayo, two straight – uh, double doubles so far in the mm-hmm. tournament. Uh, De'Aaron Fox was able to distribute the ball wherever he wanted. He looked amazing uh, in this game. Uh, it was a low scoring ish affair, but uh, yeah, Kentucky looked looked in control to me. Uh, they they looked like a team that was that was ready, despite the fact that they were playing a really great opponent a little bit earlier than maybe they would have liked. Um, yeah, I mean Kentucky's route through here. Um, you know, Northern Kentucky. I mean, whatever, but. Uh, Wichita State, I mean, definitely no slouch. And then they'll have to play three-seed UCLA, who actually beat them earlier in the season. So they get a rematch uh, in Memphis uh, next Friday for the Sweet 16. Uh, that is just unfortunate matchups for Kentucky all the way down. Um, yeah. Interesting that John Calipari is going to get to coach in the FedEx form again, back where his old school plays. So hmm. I don't know. I mean, you know, he's had a lot of success in that building. Will it? Will he have? Can he pull out two more wins? I don't know. I mean, maybe. we'll see. Um, so they're going to play UCLA. We'll, we'll give you the time and stuff later. Um, tough matchup there too. Uh, poor Kentucky. Just feels so bad for him. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Kentucky gets gets a good win against Wichita State. Um, next up, also in the South bracket, Arkansas, the eight seed playing one seeded North Carolina. Um, Hung with them for a long time. Final score there, North Carolina 72, Arkansas 65. It was a lot closer than that. I mean, this this came down to the final few possessions. Uh, yeah. Until Arkansas was kind of forced to foul. Um, I mean, Arkansas, it's really unfortunate they got this matchup in the second round because I think they could have been a Sweet 16 team with a, a different, even a different one seed. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, I mean, and briefly, it looked like they, they might do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, actually, so in the first half, it really, really, really did not look like they were going to mm-hmm. do it. Uh, so credit to them for uh, for coming all the way back from gosh, what how what, what was the deficit here? Uh, is it know. fifteen or so? Yeah, uh, for for a lot of the first half, uh, and they managed to come back uh, around halftime. Yeah, uh, and keep it close for the whole second half, and then just uh, UNC squeaked away barely yeah. at the end. Um, Arkansas didn't score for the final like three minutes, I think. UNC went on mm-hmm. a twelve zero run, which I mean, you just you can't do that if you're going to win uh, in the NCAA tournament. You can't not score for the final few minutes, um, and just yeah, I mean, and there was some, there were some questionable calls uh, yeah. that went against Arkansas down the stretch, but yeah, I mean, Arkansas had three really bad possessions in a row where they just didn't really seem to be running any offense, um, and that's kind of that along with a couple of fouls kind of just buried them. Um, in the final minutes of this game. So, yeah. unfortunate. I think Arkansas earned a lot of respect around the country, though. Um, they, they were definitely ready to play. 
um, looked very, very good against a very good UNC team. Mm-hmm. So Arkansas falls in the second round. Not a bad showing. I mean, they, they got the win they were supposed to get. Almost pulled off the big upset. Um, so sad for them. They do not move on. Uh, so we almost had a, a double, you know, a potential Elite Eight matchup with Arkansas and Kentucky, but was not to be. Finally, <laughs> South Carolina and Duke. Uh, South Carolina is the seven seed uh, in the East bracket. Duke is the two seed. Uh, this game another with, another really tough matchup uh, for Duke this time, though. Yeah. Um, so this game was in Greenville, South Carolina. Very impressed with the South Carolina fans in attendance. Um, there were a lot of North Carolina fans too um, that stayed from that Arkansas game, and they uh, were definitely rooting on the Gamecocks. A lot of a lot of pretty good shots of Tar Heel fans, you know, waving South Carolina towels around and stuff. Um, <laughs> but so. Final score to this game, South Carolina, 88, Duke, 81. Woo! Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> SEC is here. Uh, yeah. What a, what, a, what a win for South Carolina. I mean, oh, my gosh. This game, this game was, was exciting. Uh, and really, I mean, South Carolina was in control for the final few minutes. Like, this wasn't just, like, you know, obviously they won by seven. This wasn't some huge, like, wild like buzzer beater or something that got them the win i mean they they just looked like a better team than duke yeah and uh huge point of comparison between south carolina's first game with marquette and this game uh they looked awful in well awful comparatively in both first halves Hmm. Uh, marquette really hung around in the first game south carolina in this game amazing stat they shot 18 more shots than Duke in the first half of this game. Duke only had 17, yeah. so South Carolina shot the ball more than twice as much as Duke did in the first half, and South Carolina was losing at the end of the first half by seven. Yeah. Um, like, a, a awful offensive performance. They shot 17 threes also in that first half. Mm-hmm. Shot, I think, five? They shot five, the yeah, half. and I think that was how, what I was going to say, was that I think South Carolina's shot selection in the second half is what really gave them this win. Um, once they found they could drive on Duke um, and get easy, easier shots you know, close to the basket, I mean, that's when they came alive. Um, yeah. And, yeah, the crowd was super into it. I mean, this was just, it was a great basketball environment. Um, yep. Always great when Duke loses, too. We, we enjoy that. Um, so yeah, I mean, just incredible game. Um, really, I mean, the officiating, I don't know. It was kind of par for the course of this tournament. Didn't, didn't really, I don't, I think it hurt both teams kind of evenly. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of players fouling out on both sides, but I mean, yeah, if you told me South Carolina is going to play Duke and PJ Dozier and Coates are going to foul out, I would have said Duke probably won that game easily, but yeah, that's not what happened. Um, so huge win for South Carolina. Um, big for the program. Big for Frank Martin crying after the game a little bit. You know, just one one solid manly tear down yeah. his cheek. You, it was barely caught on camera. You could hardly mm-hmm. see it. Yeah, but you know, he had that that really nice nice suit on. I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, it's pinkish. Yeah, you know, he's <laughs> he's he's always been a solid dresser though. You know, he know he knows how to dress himself. Yeah. Uh, so, 
South Carolina, huge win, moves on to the Sweet 16. That is three SEC teams in the Sweet 16. So, Whew. much better than I think we expected. I think we oh, were... And, uh, yeah. So, how many uh, ACC teams? Uh, that would, that would, Duke is out. That would be one. The, the one that barely squeaked by Arkansas. Oh. Yeah. Um, you don't say. So, how about that? Little little ACC basketball fever. Yeah, you know we're we're not we're not saying we're just saying. I mean, you know, in the last like three hours, SEC is one and zero against the ACC. So <laughs> it's true. Uh, we're on we're on a streak. Um, South Carolina will move on. They play three seed Baylor in Madison Square Garden. Uh, a very interesting matchup, I think. Both both teams, I think, have. Very, very interesting, I don't know, strengths and weaknesses. Um, so, yeah, and, and the Sweet 16 is set, so let's just go ahead and move on then. You know, go ahead and just look forward to all those games. Uh, kind of nice, all the SEC teams are playing on Friday, so, like, you can do whatever on Thursday. You know, go outside, mm-hmm. like, talk to people, you know, pay bills. <laughs> Whatever yeah, fun thing, things, things we used mind. to do before basketball season. Yeah, yeah, I haven't paid bills in six months. <laughs> um, no, I, I have. Don't don't come get me, IRS. Um, yeah. So Friday, March twenty fourth, there are three games. Uh, all look to be very exciting. First up at seven seven twenty nine p.m. That's, that's what on it says. the dot. Like yeah, you better <laughs> blink or you'll miss it. Uh, on TBS, it is South Carolina versus Baylor, as we just talked about. Um, that's going to be in Madison Square Garden, uh, New York City. Uh, South Carolina coming off of the big high of upsetting Duke. Can they do it again against not like not a name team as much as Duke, but still solid basketball program? Yeah, this is a team that uh, were they ranked number one at some point this season? They've certainly were. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Extremely hot at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Baylor, Baylor was, was, I don't know how many they won in a row, but they were undefeated for a while. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely definitely not a bad Baylor team. Honestly, a Baylor team that I think is kind of similar to Duke, at least in their like makeup. Very, very long, very uh, athletic team. Um, so, I mean, South, rebounds are going to be a premium for South Carolina in this game. Which is which is interesting because that was something that actually worked out really well in their favor against Duke. It was sort of an oddity of the Duke game is that South Carolina I think had twelve offensive rebounds in the first half. Yeah. Uh, uh, so if they're somehow able to do that magic trick again, that uh, they, they should be in good shape if they can you know score also. That was the problem. Yeah, I mean, and you know, South Carolina has been scoring in a pretty good clip. Um, Baylor, I mean, they can fill it up too. Jonathan Motley is just a beast. Um, one of the best players in the big 12, uh, just, you know, double, double machine, very long, uh, very similar, similar in a way to Emil Jefferson, I think, um, perhaps maybe a little more physical, uh, but you know, I think this will be a fun game. I mean, honestly, I like all these matchups, but I might like this one the best weirdly. Just just in terms of like what's going to be the best basketball game. So will you be uh, will you be rooting against your wife in this game? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, she's going to be in the green and gold on on Friday. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be having a good time. I mean, oh, it's, okay. it's a win win. You know, uh-huh. it's like 
Because obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, it would be awesome to have two SEC teams in the Elite Eight. Guarantee a Final Four for the SEC. Um, plus, you know, South Carolina, Florida, that's always a fun matchup. So um, that is at 7.29 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.29. Or, yeah, 6.29 Central Time. Still don't know Eastern and Central Time. It's very late. <laughs> um, on TBS. So... On CBS at 9.39 p.m. Eastern Time, 8.39 Central Time, we have UCLA versus Kentucky. That's the two and the three seed. Um, Kentucky being the two seed uh, in the South in Memphis. So, uh, yeah, as we mentioned earlier, John Calipari's old stomping grounds. Uh, UCLA beat Kentucky earlier in the season. Um, I believe that was in Rep Arena. So... Mm-hmm was the only thing missing in that matchup that Kentucky just was too close to home. Hopefully, hopefully that's all that was missing. Uh, what was also missing was defense. Well, uh, UCLA as an extremely balanced attack and Kentucky was just not able to do anything about it. Uh, in that game, uh, obviously Lonzo ball is a big factor, but UCLA has, has scorers all over the court. Right. And right. if Kentucky is able to shore that up, then we might see a little bit, Closer match yeah. than we saw the first time. And, you know, Lonzo Ball, he only had 14 in that game. So, I mean, it was a pretty balanced attack for UCLA. Um, they, had, they had six guys in double figures, and you just can't do that. Yeah. You can't allow that if you're, if you're going to beat UCLA. Uh, very dangerous UCLA team. I mean, uh, yeah, just this will be, be, be interesting. I mean, I think Kentucky is a lot better now than they were when they first played, personally. I mean, just having yeah. you know watched them all season, I, mm-hmm. I I I feel like Kentucky should be able to win this game. I'm just gonna go ahead and throw it out there. Just gonna put that official stamp on there. Yeah, it, going out on a limb and <laughs> picking the two seed <laughs> to beat the three seed. But uh, just gonna go ahead and say that if Kentucky wins a game, it is not an upset. Yeah, even though they Basically lost by rule. Right. Yeah. True. Um, so that's on CBS. Uh, should be should be a great game. Uh, I mean, definitely high level basketball being played in that one. Um, mm-hmm. So, kind of during that game. Oh, uh, let me mention before we move on. Uh, the winner, if Kentucky wins that game, they will play the winner of North Carolina Butler on Sunday. So, mm. the one in the four seed. It's kind of a boring region. It looked <laughs> like it was going to be all wild and crazy, but then, no. Yeah. Just one, oh, well. one through four making it. Boo. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, so during that game, sort of at nine fifty nine p.m. Eastern Time, eight fifty nine p.m. Central Time on Friday, it's also on TBS. Basically, following the South Carolina Baylor game uh, in New York City, we're gonna have four seed Florida versus eight seed Wisconsin. Uh, as, as we mentioned, Wisconsin beat the overall one seed Villanova, um, which. I think kind of opens the door for Florida to maybe have a pretty good chance of making the final four. Yeah, absolutely. I think they have, I mean, obviously they will be favored. Well, they are the favorite in this game being the four seed, but uh, it's not an easy game. Wisconsin looked really great in that game against Villanova. There there are a lot of these middle, middle seeded teams that I think you could say this about, but Wisconsin is a team that's definitely better than their seed. Yeah. They, they were probably more like a five or a six. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is this is definitely more of an even matchup than it might appear on paper, uh, but Florida has what it takes, and they've 
seem to found seem to have found their their offense again uh, at the perfect time. If they're able to keep that going into this game, uh, yeah, I think they've got it. They're gonna they're gonna have to score more than they did against uh, Virginia, which granted Virginia plays exceptional defense. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. and you also don't need to score eighty points when you're holding your opponent to thirty nine. That's true. So, I mean, that's definitely a part of it. Um, when you're blowing a team out, you typically don't score as much. So, yeah, Flor- I mean, Wisconsin, they're a great team. Um, Bronson Koenig, um, fantastic. Um, gosh, his name is Nigel Hayes. Couldn't mm, forget him. I mean, you know, very good. The, prob- probably the two two best players on that team pretty easily. Um, Florida, Florida, especially Nigel Hayes, I think worries me. That matchup, uh, yeah. Florida's got to... Kenyon Barry, I think, is going to have his hands full with that that matchup. Uh, but even still, I mean, if Florida can just continue to score, that's that's the key. I mean, it's been the key all year for them is not have these long droughts where they don't score. Um, go into these games, play some offense, get it going. Um, yeah, I mean, if Florida can win this one, uh, they move on to play the winner of Baylor, South Carolina. So uh, all SEC Elite Eight is still very much in play in the, in the East region. Which would kind of be hilarious for Florida and South Carolina to play in New York City, but whatever, man. <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, so, so, you, so you you kind of feel like Florida has got this game. Uh, I think so. Confident. Yeah, I'm all. I'm on board. Mm, all right. Uh, we'll see. I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely should be should be an interesting interesting game. Uh, looking. I mean, really, all three of these are fantastic. Um, and then obviously, if if, if any of the three teams win, they will play on Sunday as well. Um, we don't know the times or anything yet, so you'll just have to find that on your own. <laughs> don't don't know how you'll do that uh, <laughs> without us telling you in your ear. Um, but that's it. I mean, that's that's all that really happened. It's been God, it's, it's been a, it sounds like so little when we just lay it all out like that. Yeah, I mean, only having five SEC teams kind of puts a damper on it, but. I mean, it's it's nice to nice for the the SEC to get some recognition here, getting three teams into the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, Let's if this was an ACC podcast, this episode would have been two hours long, and then next week's episode would have been really really short. Yeah, like super short. <laughs> so, but we're we're not ACC because that's that's really lame and bad and yeah, not not good at all. Really, I mean, I think objectively you could say that the SEC is the greatest conference in the universe. Yep, that's just a fact. Yeah, so all 14 teams are making it next year. Um, <laughs> a little bit of news before we go. Um, we, we, you know, probably should talk about Missouri. Oh, yeah. Again, you know, hiring a coach. That that happened. Um, mm-hmm. A familiar coach, if you are an SEC fan, um, especially if you're a Tennessee fan. This, this is not the first time this has happened. Uh, Missouri hires Quanzo Martin. To be their head coach, and what do you think about that hire? I think it's a good hire. Uh, Quanzo Martin is kind of an oddity in that apparently he never stays anywhere longer than three years. No, so, en- enjoy these three years. Yeah, hope you hope you get your program built back up in three years because he's uh, who knows he's gone we'll after go. that. Yeah, whatever happened, he might get fired. He might I don't, I don't know. Usually he just leaves. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, the interesting thing with Quanza Martin, obviously, he coached at Tennessee, had pretty decent success. I mean, you know, made made the Sweet 16. Um, just the, his biggest problem was that he wasn't Bruce Pearl. 
in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, th- there was obviously all the drama with the petition to get him out of there and stuff. So he leaves for Cal. He kind of just is at Cal for three years. Has yeah. has they, like they were fine. They were good. Um, got upset last year by Hawaii in the first round, obviously. Um, so mm-hmm. bummer there, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean. I, I think it's a good hire. Um, let's see. Interestingly, hired, uh, I believe, Lorenzo Lamar as an assistant, um, former coach at Washington, which is very interesting recruiting wise mm. because uh, Washington currently has the overall number one player committed to their class. Uh, but will he leave? Oh, so you think, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think that what is that? Let's see. Maybe I got the name wrong. He hired somebody from Washington. <laughs> I'm just I don't gonna... think it was the head coach. I think it was an assistant. Oh yeah. Um, I believe that you're right. Whose name I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. This is the I, I I wrote all this down and I couldn't find it before we started recording, so I just like well when South just, Carolina won all everything yeah, in your house probably I just, just caught fire, just so. dumped everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, so okay, I believe I believe that yeah, Lorenzo Ramar was hired. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then yeah, Michael Porter Jr. is the. Uh, is the recruit the number one recruit that is very open to coming to Missouri now? Uh, that could be pretty interesting. Um, if if Missouri were to sign him, that'd be a good way. Signing overall number one player is typically a good way to build up a program real fast. Yep, absolutely. That would turn things around really quick. It's not always a silver bullet, as we have seen in the SEC in recent years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, that would really be great for Mizzou that hasn't had a lot to be excited about recently. Mm. Oh, see, okay, it's Michael Porter Senior, not Lorenzo Ramar. So, oh, well, there you go. That's even better. Yeah, I knew this was complicated. It was this. I had this whole like you know pushpins, strings attached. This, but I, I'll tell you <laughs> um, so Michael. Yeah, Lorenzo Ramar is Michael Porter Junior's like godfather, um, and so obviously he gets fired from Washington. Probably not. Good vibes there anymore between Porter mm-hmm. Jr. and Washington. Uh, and then his dad, Michael Porter Sr., is now... He was on staff at Washington. Now he's at Missouri. And Oh, my goodness. So, who knows what, what Mr. Mr. Porter Jr. will do. But it seems likely that he'll probably join his dad at Missouri. We shall see. Uh, he, he did sign a letter of intent, but I, I mean, I think... Washington will let him out of it, almost certainly. Yeah. Um, but down that rabbit hole, basically Missouri's about to get good. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah, you know, it's been a been a rough few years, but it'll it'll be it'll be nice to have a good Missouri. I mean, I, I, I hope Quanzo Martin does well. Like I I, I really do, because I think a good Missouri helps the conference as a whole. Uh, they, I mean they were honestly they were kind of brought in, I think, almost for that purpose. I mean, obviously football is a big deal, but like it, it kind of felt like, Oh, a basketball school that can compete with Kentucky. And then pfft, Nope. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm definitely hoping that Kwanzaa Martin works out. Now we just got to get Donnie Tyndall 
over to LSU or something. And then we'll just have the, the trio of former Tennessee coaches <laughs> with Bruce Pearl being at Auburn. We'll just, you know, the SEC is going to slowly start filling up with just former SEC co- or Tennessee coaches at every school. So that won't be weird at all. No, it'll be great. Um, yeah, that first game, Kwanzaa Martin coaching at, at Tennessee, I think that's going to be pretty fun. Because, like, cause like, Bruce Pearl, you know, him returning, like, they all still like him for the most part. So, like... No, but he he was basically kicked out of... Kwanzaa Martin was basically kicked out yeah, of Tennessee. Yeah, they just straight up told him, we don't want you, <laughs> all the yeah. fans. And so now he gets to go and, like, that might get ugly for Tennessee. Yeah. If, he, if, they, if Missouri wins one game next year, it's going to be that one. So, uh, already, already getting excited for that next year. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just go ahead and end on that note. LSU is still, you know, figuring things out. We're not going to, there's no official word on the, on the I've heard, TC I've heard, scenario. I've heard two names that were like nothing official, obviously, but like Will Wade at VCU and Tom Crean, formerly at Indiana. So, so I know who I want to be at LSU. <laughs> we, Just, need to, we need to increase the meme count. Yes. As you see. Yeah, you know, we, 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 need, we need some meme coaches. And that's definitely, I mean, Tom Green would be fantastic as well. Yeah, he's a one seed in the, in the memeiest <laughs> coach bracket. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so that's all, that's all I have this week. Um, we're going to be back next week, I guess. I mean, teams keep winning, so... With, with all your favorite, you know, I guess, I mean, only four teams to talk about at this point. Old Miss, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Florida. I guess we'll probably talk about LSU if they hire somebody. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll just go ahead and sign off here. Thanks so much for listening. As always, you can find us uh, at soundcloud.com slash Fevercast. Be sure to tweet at us your thoughts, questions, whatever you feel like tweeting at us at Fevercast. Um, you can find us again wherever you listen to podcasts, really, uh, iTunes, all that. Uh, be sure to leave us a good review, five stars, subscribe to us, all that just wonderful things. Tell everybody you know. Uh, yeah, so thanks so much for listening. Um, go SEC. Peace.